Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Kenny and Lady Chow Fung to talk about Web of Death, a 1976 Chor Yuen movie. Uh, the film is about uh, the clans of the martial world fighting for possession of the five venom spider. It's a tale of intrigue, love, betrayal, and a martial world blinded by righteousness. The five venom spider is a spectacular weapon that can kill thousands with its thundering webs and poisonous gas. And I, I think this is, you know, one of my one of my favorite Chor Yuen movies. Um, but uh, I, I really want to hear from everybody else. So why don't we start with Kenny? Kenny, what, what was your take on this film? Uh, no, I, I enjoyed it. It was really good. Uh, I thought that, you know, it, it obviously takes a lot of inspiration from the uh, Heavenly Sword and Dragon Saber stories. Um, and uh, it sort of takes take, a new little spin on it in, in terms of, you know, the righteous hero falling in love with the uh, the evil sex, um, you know, lead the daughter and that sort of thing. Um I, I enjoyed the fight scenes in there. Some of the um, Qing Gong sort of the lightness Kung Fu um, scenes were a bit kooky, I think. Yeah, so they, they did the technique where they, instead of showing the people, the person like jumping um, up, they reversed it from him jumping down. So those parts were I, I picked up on. And, um, oh, you mean like they reversed the uh, the film footage so that the person yeah, was jumping yeah, down so and it, then they just... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> made it look like he was like very nimbly jumping backwards onto a, a high ledge, whereas you, know, you could obviously tell that it was him jumping down and they just reversed it. <laughs> yeah, that's a very old school approach to the to the lightness kung fu yeah no wires there no i enjoyed it so um i think part of the the best part was obviously the spider then uh the five venom spider which it was the equivalent equivalent of a tactical nuke in the martial world i think (laughs) (laughs) you point it in a direction and suddenly people are like bleeding from all the (laughs) the the eyes noses and they are covered in deadly poisonous webs um which it was, yeah, I think the whole movie was um, fun to watch as a whole. Yeah, yeah, I I would definitely agree. The Five Venom Spider is the reason to watch this movie. Um, <laughs> the it, and for those who haven't seen it, it's it's a literal spider that's inside. I don't know what the device is that he's holding it in, but but they have this almost like a lantern that they keep it in. And if you, I don't know if you know how to chant correctly, or it was a little unclear exactly what uh, Lolier was doing to manipulate the spider. It shoots out those webs and the poisonous gas, and it's just ridiculously, ridiculously lethal. Um, so it's a it's a real, I don't know, it definitely is like a borderline fantasy movie the way that it handles the spider. Um, but yeah, so I don't know what what did everybody else think? I thought it was a fun movie. Also, um, the spider I thought was kind of kind of crazy and over, well, the whole movie I thought was over the top, but I enjoyed it. Um, the ending, I didn't like, but I liked the movie as a whole. Now, what did you not like about the ending in particular? It made me cry. <laughs> okay, I don't want to cry at the end of movies. Okay, that's fair. See, I like sad endings in movies. I like to feel like yeah. I've like been hit in the chest by uh, by, by the <laughs> melodrama. So. But, uh, so like the emotional investment was worth it because you can feel something from well, the end of the movie. It's like, it's like why songs written in minor keys are sometimes more engaging. You know, I just kind of like that. I don't know that the, the, it's a little, it just, to me, it, it, it's a, it, it's a rewarding experience at the end of a movie when there's that, like you said, that, that emotional payoff. But, um, but, but yeah. what's funny is the source material is actually, that it's based on is kind of even more tragic than the, uh, um, than than the ending that we get because this the the heaven sword dragon saber storyline basically begins where this ends it's sort of like the first portion of the story and and in that and again this is spoilers but but the hong susu character uh pretty much commits suicide and uh and then the husband commits suicide so the lead character commits suicide and then their son is left to sort of pick up the pieces um but it, you know, so so it could have been even worse. They could have had a kid, and the and the and the hero, the the uh, what was his name, um, Fei Ying Sung. He could have he could have perished too. Um, and yeah, I was, I was gonna say like 
one thing I noticed is that all the sort of sect leaders in in this movie are a lot more reasonable than you know the general depictions in sort of martial arts movies. There, um, yeah, you know, I would say more reasonable. They were still you know a bit um, overbearing and sort of uh, saying I'm right, you're wrong, mm. sort of thing. But they you know they, they listened to proof and um, they didn't really. Um, yeah, try to twist facts if that makes sense. Yeah. So in in in, in the actual in the source material, the the sect leaders sort of played a, a big part in why the main the, the main hero at that time uh, uh, committed suicide, followed by his wife committing suicide, leaving the son, and so because the um, all the different sect leaders were you know blaming them and like heaping insults and dishonor on them on, on them and the sect and like his master. So yeah, part, that's why that's why the main character decides to sort of commit suicide just to. Yeah, you know, get rid of this is honor for his um, brothers and his master. No, and and I think too the um, well, it's interesting because because I mean, there's definitely that theme of sort of like the there's like a the hypocrisy of the martial world is kind of at play here, and they sort of do the thing where like the you know the daughter of the of the evil sect is actually the most righteous character, um, so they they do play into it. But you are right, like like the. Uh, one one of the characters when she finds out that she is wrongly been accusing the um uh the daughter of the of the venom chief she cuts her own arm off as penance so so there's you know they're not they're not quite as uh as tricky i suppose you're right uh adam what did you think of the movie well as someone fairly new to the genre i really enjoyed it i mean i i liked I just liked how much plot there was packed into this movie. I mean, there's so many, you know, there's mistaken identities, people in disguise, you know, confusion and, you know, betrayals. And just, it's just, it just continues one thing after another. I mean, I, it, yeah, I, was, I just, just thoroughly enjoyed it. And, uh, and the spider, I got to agree. The spider was fantastic. That was, uh, just, uh, oh man. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, Trying to think of something more profound to say here, but uh, I once again I'm with I'm I'm with with Brendan on liking the tragic ending. What I liked about this movie is I really didn't know if it was going to be a tragic ending or a happy ending till it got very close to the end. It was I, I like it in a movie where I'm completely uncertain which way it's going to go, which yeah. you don't often get. A lot of movies it's pretty clear to you whether you're going to get a tragedy or a happy ending. And I thought that there was something up as I guess I kind of sensed that it was coming, even though I didn't like that she had to die at the end. I wish she had lived. But mm-hmm. um, when the necklace was handed over, I knew that knew somehow at the end it was going to play a significant role mm-hmm. and that she was necessarily not going to make it. I thought that in the necklace originally, when he first gave it to her, that it was going to be his blood inside the necklace. Okay. And that way it would have killed the spider. But the closer it got to the end, even though she was mortally wounded by all the masters kind of, you know, not, you know, hurting her because that they thought she was a traitor or whatever. Yeah. We just thought that, you know, she would still make it because once they saw the light, they would be able to heal her. I didn't expect that it would necessarily have to be her blood. I thought she would open the necklace and that would have killed the spider. That's that's what I was thinking mainly. I mean, I you know, I was leaning a little more to thinking this might work out at that point. I, for, I actually forgot about the necklace with everything going on in the movie. And then when she pulled it, I'm like, oh, yeah, the necklace. Things are going to be okay. And th- th- no, no. <laughs> well, and, and, That's what I thought too. <laughs> and I guess we should the necklace just... was just a small scene. Like the necklace was like what well, all of ten seconds in the line saying, "If you're in a catastrophe, then take this yeah. necklace and it will help you." And then it just so much happened after that that it was just it just yeah. became <laughs> a line in the background. Yeah. Well, and the cool thing about the, so I guess we should mention to people that the the whole idea about the spider is it, it's pretty difficult to destroy and and like Lady Xiaofeng was saying it's the 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 blood from the 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 leader of the the five venom sect that can can destroy it and he he sort of the right shoulder yeah from his right shoulder but if he does that he bleeds to death and basically what's revealed in the in this uh, pendant that he's 
given to his daughter early in the film is that she can do this as well uh, because he, uh, the father had been cultivating this skull flower poison for, for decades, apparently. Um, but uh, Choi Yuen's kind of famous for being confusing. Like a lot of, like a lot of his movies are known for having way too many characters, not too many characters, but a lot of characters and, you know, crazy plot twists that are not at all immediately clear how they're, you know, how they all line up. Uh, and I feel like in this movie, he's taking like extra time to make sure that people understand every, every little thing. So that, that scene where he hands her the necklace and he says, in the event of a catastrophe, use this. And then, the master at the end is, oh, it's a catastrophe. And then she flashes back to the, the scene with the necklace. And then there was, I think there was another flashback too when she, um, when she accidentally poisoned the, uh, uh, the hero's brother in the, in the tomb. And she, they mm-hmm. flash back and she's like, oh, it's really his brother because uh, na- his name is on the dagger or something. So, uh, you know, I, I think this movie in particular is, is, is a lot clearer and easier to follow than many Cho Yuan movies because of things like that. Um, yeah, it is pretty impressive, actually. I, it, like I said, there, when I, you know, I, I mentioned how there was so much going on in the movie, and I was never confused at all, though. It was just things kept, you know, like, like I said, I forgot stuff like the necklace at the time, but once it popped up again, I immediately remembered and was clear on what it was. And yeah, I was never confused by the movie. But but it also shows, I guess, to bring it back to the Heaven Sword Dragon Saber, how like you can take all those elements and really weave like a cool. There's so much going on, and it's just basically plot stuff taken from the beginning of a book. It's not even like the heart of the story. Um, but I really like the whole the whole angle where you know she poisons and cripples the brother, and then you know that creates that whole that whole conflict when she goes back to um, to Fei Ying's uh, sect at Wudang, and you know it's gonna be eventually it might be discovered that she's behind it. And, and, and the whole time, you know, the, the, uh, what is it? Uh, Fei Ying Sung is saying, um, you know, well, well, I know you would never do anything bad. You know, it's it's just like all very, it's like, oh no, never. I would never do anything bad. And, and, uh, see, my main question there is why, like, she wasn't able to cure the poison. Like, oh, wait, when uh, she poisoned him, why she poisoned yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Like I she think... was able to cure the poison of the, of uh, Fei Ying Chong when he when he stormed the sect afterwards and he got hit and that he had had that in her bedroom. She could cure his poison there, but not when yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> when, a, uh... I mean, I'm, I'm I guess we could be charitable and say she has the antidote in her bedroom. Um, yeah. But uh, but I think I think it was just plot convenience is the is the is the actual explanation. Um, and there was that whole that whole bedroom scene was pretty pretty amusing where. Uh, mm-hmm. Where he, he, you know, he has to marry her basically because he hid in her bedroom, and the um, and her servant is instructing him on on how to how to make the proposal. Um, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I the uh, the the other part of the movie I really liked is Lolier as the villain. Um, well, I think he always does a good job, but in this one he was just I don't know. He was he was a very interesting character because he was very honest about what he was like he 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 was sort of very straightforward but very impatient and almost childlike um and i really i really liked the bad guy in this one and i thought he was cowardly at the end at the oh when he when he took over wudang or when he betrayed the the head of the venom clan no at the very end with the final fight how he was running away instead of just standing there and battling and just going all out for it. You know, he was trying to escape. I thought that was cowardly. That's interesting. I I hadn't even really thought of that, but I think you're right. He definitely did kind of reveal some cowardice there. Um, And I think he is kind of a character that's maybe, you know, when he's got people backing him and he's got this powerful weapon, he's, you know, he's like a, like a child throwing a tantrum, but then, when 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 he's up against a wall, he 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 maybe does resort to uh, to more cowardly tactics. 
I think it's just a sign of his character being, you know, prudent and and practical. I think you know, in that sort of sense, he knows that the, the, you know he he can't possibly win against all of the you know, highly skilled martial artists from all the different sects. So he's on the run. Of that, that makes sense to me. And you know, his sort of the, his plan to use a spider to sort of um, bring glory to the five um, Venom sect at the very beginning of the movie when they're sort of um, sort of discussing how their their clan is in decline and that they need to do something to stop people encroaching on their territory and all that sort of stuff and uh, and, yeah, and his suggestion to use a spider just shows more of his, his practical side I mean we have this weapon we have a tool we should mm-hmm. use it and that's sort of yeah I, I, I think that's sort of what his, his sort of driver is you know and when he sees that the sect leader is um, unwilling to use a spider he thinks of him as weak rather than yeah, rather than being a play for power from him, I think it started off with good intentions in, this, in the sense that, oh, I can do a better job here because I will use a spider and then the whole of the martial world will fear me and I can, you know, unite everyone and it'll be great sort of thing rather than I'm going to stab him in the back and then see the spider and then worm my way in the background sort of thing. Well, and, and, oh, go ahead, go ahead. But I thought from the very beginning it was more, not that he was trying to bring glory to the sect because I think he was trying to do that, but I thought it was all about him and getting the wife to to be his in general. I mean, he was try. I don't think he was trying to unite the the martial world. He was just trying to take it all over for himself. And um, I mean, I just thought that he was power hungry, and it wasn't all about. Um, bringing the five venom sect back to its former glory i thought it was all about him yeah i think i think he was meant to be a selfish character because and i don't even think that that um you know he's having an affair with um with with the five venom chief's wife and i don't think he even really cares about her i think he's just using her really to get um Mm -hmm. to get what he to get the spider uh and to and to, to help him take over the sect but i think he sees everybody as tools and I, I think he would. I think he would dispose of anybody in a heartbeat if they if they got in his way. Um, yeah. Well, the the wife character kind of disappears once he gets control for the most part. Or, she, or did I, from what I can recall, she do anything in the movie? Oh, she in that? the final scene. The wife was she. Yeah, she's in the final scene. She oh, she is. Okay. Guy, <laughs> go with him to the um, to Wu Dang and um, sort of put up a fight. But you know yeah. they die and he's left and he runs. Okay, well that that blows my little thesis. I was going to go off there, but uh... <laughs> but but I but I think but but I I I don't know. I got the impression that she had more affection for him than maybe he had for her. Um, no, I mean I could be wrong. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I, uh, I don't know. I just I just think just like with a scene when he walks up to the. You know, he's got, he basically traps all of the leaders of the martial world in this big, great big spider web, and they all know that they're going to die. And, and he walks away to go kill all of their disciples or something, and he comes back, and he's like, oh, you're still alive? Like, why, why aren't you dead yet? And he's just, like, very impatient to just have them all dead already. And, and it's just the way he's doing it's like, it, it, I don't know, just something so funny about it. And, and in both the subtitle and the dub version, it comes across that way. So, uh, yeah. But that's that's another part that I think uh, is is worth getting into here is, is we're going off the uh, the Amazon Prime version here, but there are huge differences in this movie between the subbed and the dubbed version, and and so much so that it actually changes meaning in a few key places. Um, so that's something for people to be aware of if they watch this. That there's a you know the, the the Amazon Prime version is dubbed, and and so there are a few moments when they do things that uh, you know aren't exactly. Uh, matching what the original content was supposed to be the main culprit sort of being the name of the five venom sect the amazon prime has it down as the spider sect which makes sense but at the same time it's not the right name for it because it doesn't you know you have all these the centipede leader and the, and the snake leader you know it's obviously not just a spider sect so it's just... yeah yeah because that's the, the whole concept of the sect is they, they have the five different uh uh, chiefs that are each represented by a, a type of venomous animal. So um, I think it's scorpion, toad, centipede, spider, and snake. Um, and I also, I'm, 
I believe this came out before the Five Deadly Venoms too. So. It did. It came in '76, and Five Deadly Venoms came out in '78. Okay. So I was wondering so. if there was some inspiration there. Yeah, I'm wondering. I mean, I'm also wondering if there was maybe something that that you know I'm not aware of that came before them um, that they were both drawing off of. But but it, yeah, because when I first saw it, I was like, oh, this looks a lot like Five Deadly Venoms. They must have got that idea from Five Deadly Venoms. And then when I looked at the date, I was like, oh no, it must be the other way around. Um, but uh, but it's pretty cool because and then, and they're such different movies too. So it's 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 just that one thing that sort of connects them. Um, but also, yeah, the, I, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was say I feel like the the, the, the sort of animal, the five um, venomous animals. Um, something about that strikes me as traditional. Um, I think that's sort of what the classical five um, poisonous animals are. Um, so I, I think it's sort of rooted in history rather than you know, being inspired by a different mm-hmm. movie or whatever. That's a, it's just the, those five animals. Okay, that yeah, I guess that makes sense because isn't when they talk about stuff like goo magic, isn't that what that basically is? Is the they put those the five different insects into the goo vessel and like distill their venom into one? Yeah, yeah, they tried to make the most po- the most uh, potent venom by uh, putting lots of um, creatures into a single pot, and whatever survives obviously has the most uh, powerful venom, so which means it's the most deadly sort of thing. <laughs> Survival of the fittest, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, but it, but I think it's a cool idea for a sec, and I love the um, I love the headquarters that they have. Like they have they have this the the the, the set pieces and the, like the, the the set design in this movie is 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 gorgeous, and it was and they what was that? I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, they, I love the sets. Yeah, because they got the, the just the headquarters alone. They have that section where they all meet and they have different platforms that they stand on, and it's overlooking like a massive giant statue of a spider. And then there's like a hall that connects the headquarters to the 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 master's private area. But you have to walk over these stones that are in a. For the first few times you see it, it just looks like a pond. But then you realize later on that it's a pond of acid or something that you know is is incredibly deadly, and. Uh, and then they have the the tomb where the the spider is 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 uh, protected, and there's all these traps there, and so there's this whole thing where uh, when when the uh, snake chief finds out where it is, rather than go himself because he knows it would be dangerous, he sends people uh, other than himself from other sects to go get it, and uh, and they end up falling into acid trip uh, traps and getting blown away by these these dragon head cannons and, and all the, you know, I think there was like a falling, uh, spike, spike thing. Trap. Yeah. 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 You know, it's all... very Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. I was thinking of Raiders of the Lost Ark too. It's just, it's like a forerunner to it. Cause you've got these different factions all racing to get this artifact. That's, you know, the ultimate weapon and it, uh, and, and like the deadly tombs. There are like a few things about it that made me think about it while I was watching. Yeah, no, it definitely, I mean, it's it's that classic, like, if you ever watch, like, those old adventure movies from the 60s and 70s that have a lot of those kinds of locations, it's like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, I just really, I really enjoy that. And also, it's, uh, you know, it's good evidence for the, the whole thing that I'm always talking about, which is, like, dungeons and wuxia and how they're, I think, more <laughs> common in wuxia than in, like, medieval fantasy. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, and, and also just the look of the movie. You know, Cho Yuan's kind of, known for really uh working hard at sort of the color coordination and the and the way that all the scenes are framed and and having these lush backgrounds with characters in in vibrant robes you know strolling through the wilderness and uh i just like the way that this movie looks um which is for me just pretty much true of any Yuan movie no, it was definitely a very visually impressive movie. I think, yeah, for the, the the tomb, for example, had a very sort of nice um, red theme to it. That that yeah, sort of gave it a lot of very bloody feel. Like you have all these like, massive gray walls, and then you have flames and red lighting all over the place. And I think it's just, um, a treat for the eyes there. And like you mentioned, the the, the pools, the so the, the sort of um, the, the floating stones um, leading up to the master's head. Um, 
headquarters in this in the headquarters. Um, I thought that was very nicely done. Like I, I can't imagine how much how much time and effort they must have spent to put these um, sets together because they're all very detailed. Um, it doesn't feel like there's anything that's just there. They always everything seems to have a purpose. Like it, it's all, it's almost like you know, Joy and he sort of um, had. Uh, uh, the five Venom sect in mind when they were designing these locations and what they would have as a sort of day-to-day sort of thing. I'd really like to learn more about the Shaw Brothers sets because I don't know how much of it is like for every movie, how much the director can say, I need this built and I need that built and how much of it is they have to put together old, you know, and I don't really know much about set design. So, uh, but this one does definitely, I agree with you. This one looks like very specific. Like a lot of the movies, you'll be like, oh, that's the pavilion from from Magic Blade. Like I remember that 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 pavilion and that and this looks like that house, but they moved this hall over here. They, you know, but but this one, everything looks quite specific. Uh, especially that like that the the Venom headquarters and and the tomb and so yeah. I don't I don't but I don't know I may I I don't know what the budget was and uh, I don't know how much room he had. But but even the scene where they're walking, th- there was a location they kept going to that I guess must have been between the Venom sect and Wu-Dang. It was sort of like the in-between territory where that looked like it was up in the mountains and you could see these mountain peaks behind them. But it looked like they were like the set had actual fake mountain peaks in it, not like they had uh, like just a painting of mountains. Um, and I was curious how they did that because it looked pretty big. It looked like a... Like if you like, it looked like the most expensive Disney ride in the world. That's kind of kind of what it looked like. <laughs> yeah, I like the um, the scene where um, Susu rides in on her little boat with the little tree in the back, and um, mm-hmm. I thought that was very romantic. Everything was pretty much white, and it was just so pure and clean looking that you could tell that those two were going to be the the romantic couple of the movie. And I, I thought she did a really good job. Like she, like the, um, like she basically does what wrong does in, uh, in Condor heroes and, and lets him think that she's a, a male beggar and then reveals that she's this beautiful woman. And when they first meet at the scene, you're talking about, you know, he's like, you know, go away. I'm waiting for somebody. And he's like kind of rude to her. And she's like, no, aren't you, you know, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're looking for a woman. Right. And he's like, no, I know what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a man. And then, you know, but the way that she tells him is, I, I think she's, uh, she, she really pulls that scene off. Uh, she's got a lot of charisma in that scene. Um, and, uh, and, and, uh, and Yu Hua, the, 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 the guy who plays, uh, Feng Ying Sung, he, he's, he's, uh, I think quite good in this role too. Uh, and I think he's, you see like, he, he's, um, uh, I mean, he's like a very sort of, uh, uh, regular Shaw Brothers actor, but I feel like by the time this movie comes along, he's really grown a lot, uh, both in like his physical performances and in just the acting in general. Yeah, I like yeah. the you know, speaking of the uh, the you know woman disguised as the man thing. It's like if someone that like saw a lot of theater as a kid, I, I just I like the kind of you know, Shakespearean or British pantomime kind of tradition thing of like, where it's, it's clearly, it's clearly obvious to the audience. This is like a woman disguised as a man, but the people in the story are like completely, completely fooled by this. It's just, uh, it's just this kind of theatrical conceit that I enjoy. It's, uh, you know. Well, and that's a, I mean, that, that's a trope that is, uh, I I think, uh, you know, really, really common in the genre. And it's one Mm -hmm. that, um, I don't know. I, I, I think it's it, 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 it's a good it's like a really great way to sort of break get around some of the historical uh, constraints that the female sure. characters might have have to deal with. Um, yeah. So you know, they, just, they just dress like a man and then they're all set to go. They can do whatever they want. <laughs> um, and, 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 and it's funny because every movie deals with it differently in some movies. The characters are completely pulled like like this guy. He had no idea that she was really a woman. But then in some of the movies, you get the sense that, oh, they know, but they're just not saying anything to be polite <laughs> or something. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I know. you're confused about whether they're supposed to be a man or a girl. Because we talked about one movie. I can't remember where it was, what it was, but they kept addressing. We thought it was obviously a girl, but they kept saying he. But it was just really weird. 
maybe, well, maybe, maybe it's a movie where it was a woman dressed as a man, but it was just never revealed in that particular <laughs> plot. So maybe <laughs> that could happen too. What, what were you going to say, Kenny? I don't remember. Oh. <laughs> okay, that's fine. But um, but I guess on to the the sword play. Um, this is definitely not like a kung fu heavy uh, film. This is one that it's got more classic sword play style to it, which is um, which is again that's kind of common in Cho Yuan movies. But I was curious what people thought of the of the fight scenes. They weren't really. I, I mean, yeah, you're right. Uh, it's very light on um, the sword play there. Um, they sort of. Well, for one, I, I thought that the sec the, the sec master was quite unimpressive in that department. Uh, you, you'd expect someone who's leading like you know all, all these other you know venom chiefs to be you know, highly skilled in kung fu and and you know and what we see in the movie is you know he he throws out a few palms of energy of some sort and uh, and then gets beaten the crap out. Of <laughs> so, yeah, he, he uh, jumps down. He, he does. He has some pretty good lightness kung fu. He does like a backflip onto his uh, platform, but um, and uh, and also in that scene, it's hard to tell. Like, there's when he's fighting that guy, he keeps throwing his arms out, and you see all these explosions, but it's not clear if he's just having his men set off traps or if he's like causing the explosions with with chi energy. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry. But, go. But before he had the crap beaten out of him, he was pierced in his right shoulder, and he was bleeding. So I was wondering if the bleeding caused him to lose his energy, which caused him to be a poor fighter. Well, I that think in, was... in that scene, I think that's so. But I think Kenny's thinking of the earlier scene when um, when uh, uh, Fei Ying Sung goes in and okay. challenges him. Um, there's that, it's yeah. a really brief exchange though. It's not, there's not a whole lot of fighting there. Um, was that the scene you had in mind? Kenny? Yeah. 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 But, but I would agree with you in the scene where, where, um, where snake chief confronts him. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, he, he basically, he basically cuts his shoulder open and then he just kind of easily gets defeated. In fact, does he, does he, uh, does he even really fend off many people in that, in that scene? No, I think he was. Well, I guess the, the sort of idea there might have been that he was so shocked by the betrayal that uh, that he didn't have a chance to react before you know his uh, his un unhealable wounds got <laughs> got inflicted on him. But uh, but yeah, but I guess what I like about the the fight scenes um, is there's just like a lot of a lot of very smooth and elegant sort of sword strikes with with people sort of moving around almost like dancers in between strikes. And then you'll get these magnificent twirls and, you know, it's, it's very, you know, Choi Yuen, like the, when I think of a Choi Yuen movie, I imagine people like spinning in the air with swords and flowing robes. That's like the, you know, the kind of fight scenes that, that he likes to have. And, um, and the fight choreography was done by Tong Kai, who, um, who directed movies like Shaolin Prince and Opium and the Kung Fu Master. Um, but it's very, it's very sort of, it's almost more like 60s style Shaw Brothers than 70s style in my mind. I think actually one of the, um, most visually impressive fight scenes was on with, uh, when we have the brother, brother Ying and, um, the, uh, sister, I can't remember what her name was, um, uh, when when they were uh, trying oh. to uh, trail some people, I think it was. And, oh, that's uh, um, Feng Chi Sin. The uh... yeah, Feng Chi. Okay, Feng Chi Sin. Yep. And and they were um, and, and there were these people surrounded by uh, I don't know. Uh, there was a map, right? There was that that was trying to lead the people to the tomb, and um, they managed to intercept them, and then there was a fight scene there with the people with the torches, yes. and they were spitting fire everywhere. I can't remember the name. That was the Black Pine but... Society, and um, I forget who else. There was another group there. Um, I think it was maybe the... Uh, was that the Chin Escort Company that also went yeah, there? Yeah, I think the Chin Escort Company also went there. Um, oh, wait, no. That wouldn't make sense. No, it was, it was the Black Pine Society... I can't remember. I, I don't remember the other the other group, but uh, but the Black Pine Society went there, and then they when they killed him, they kind of explained what uh, Snake Chief had done. 
uh yeah i thought i thought that battle was pretty cool i, I mean i, I the, again I, I like this style of fight scenes but it's it's more in the style of a movie like thundering sword uh you know these these you know sort of late 60s shaw brothers movies um but uh but uh, before we get on to the next topic, did anybody else have any thoughts on the on the fight choreography? So um, yeah. uh, So I guess the next thing, uh, this movie is super melodramatic, um, and that's kind of one of the things I like about it. Um, but I don't know if, if anybody else, you know, had any thoughts on on that. Well, the Go ahead, Kenny. No, no, it's fine. I was just going to comment on the sort of the character interactions in the, um, you know, I guess the, the main one that comes to mind is the romance between uh, Fei Yingchong and uh, Hong Susu and how uh, sudden and abrupt it was. <laughs> they got an hour and 24 minutes and they got, they got, they got, they got to make it happen. <laughs> It was like it was love at the first sight for for Hong Susu on her part, I think. Um, yeah, well, she seemed to she definitely seemed to take an interest in him romantically, and he seemed a little bit oblivious until the bedroom scene. And, yeah, and even then, it seemed almost more like he was just like, "Well, what am I supposed to do?" Like, like he was, he was just <laughs> kind of following orders. Um, but. Uh, but I, th- I don't yeah. know. Go ahead, go ahead. I don't want to interrupt. Yeah, as I say, like it, it was, it felt a bit more like obligation than anything else. Okay, well, I have, I have lain in your bed. You know, not that I've done anything, but yeah, you know, that's clearly enough for me to have to marry you. And which, you know, it, it's a bit over the top on, in, in that sense. That, that you know, it, is that, yeah, and he, he was perfectly okay with it. You know, it was like, okay, he was asking, what do I do then? Tell me, get on your knees and propose to her then. You know, it's just like, well, that, that escalated quickly. <laughs> And we, and we yeah, should say he literally just laid in her bed. He was hiding from the bad guys. And, and he that, was passed out. He yeah, and he, he didn't Yeah, that's the funny thing. She brought him there, right? And he I don't uh, think he I don't think he even went into the bed himself. And then she dragged him in there. They the two women dragged him in there. Yeah, and, and so then the woman's like, Don't you know what you did? You went into her bed and now you have to marry her. And he's like and so so he didn't even really intentionally do any of this um well i liked how embarrassed susu was by the maid pushing him on doing this in the first place too <laughs> just it was yeah so she was just engineering the whole situation but uh <laughs> well i think that was the maid's like one moment to shine in the movie too so she was you know yeah really, um, <laughs> yeah, using it. yeah then she yeah she but she had a good death she had a good he death because she she got a she she got a sort of stand up to uh spider chief and and she and she took death over betraying, uh, over betraying the the sect leader's daughter, but yeah, I, that that's I don't know that scene is uh, is pretty funny. It's basically I, I think that's exactly how the scene plays out in Thundering Sword too, um, or something similar to that. But uh, but yeah, it's a, a a very 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 rapid love story. And kind of like 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 you were saying, like all the other, like a lot of the character interactions are kind of like that. Like in the final moment, when um when they're having all this melodrama around whether whether Susu's a, a a bad character or a good character, and and uh and and you know oh here's the the crippled brother sort of you know crawl it crawling on the um on the on the dais to to go over to her, and and everybody's just like oh brother oh sister, and it's very it's it's very over the top. But uh, but I think it works. It's just it's very mm-hmm. stagey and very operatic. Yeah, I think I, this I, is a. Oh, go on. No, you go ahead, Ken. No, I was gonna say yeah, the, the crawling over the stage part was definitely uh, <laughs> um, amusing to me. Just because this guy is basically you know he, he's seen her for all of what the five minutes took for her to explain her role in uh, crippling him for life, <laughs> and then now he's not not ten minutes later he's now crawling across the stage going no sister-in-law. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like the people that like they, they they walk into a room and they're calling everybody by their first names in the first two minutes it's you know it's that, that kind of a it's like everybody's okay like you know sister brother they they they, they, they all sort of immediately accept these these different attachments even when she's like oh. like 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 you said like they, they know her for like five minutes and she's be and then uh and uh you know she's being accused of all these horrible things and the sect master is like should i should i should i treat you as the daughter of the of the enemy sect or as my 
or or is my uh, or is my student's wife? And um, you know, it, I don't know. It, it's a it, it, you just kind of have to accept it as it comes. I think, but it is very I quick. Guess- like you already said, they got an hour and 20 minutes. They got to make it happen. So it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I like that though. I really enjoyed the way everything just, just zipped along in that movie. Yeah. I think like if you could probably like mentally extrapolate, you know, everything was condensed, <laughs> but you can sort of, okay, maybe, maybe there were a few more days, you know, between things and it would make more sense. I mean, sure. uh, yeah, and I think yeah. The, the, I guess the the scene where um, she's talking to him, uh, talking to the the, the injured brother, um, was quite nice as well. And you know, uh, I, yeah, he doesn't jump to conclusions. That like, he listens to her, um, and they, they have a good little heart to heart there. And yeah, and obviously yeah, we have to have the drama of the um, the junior sister hearing this and like, oh my god, you crippled it, and then just running away to tattle on the... Well, I assume that she has a major crush on uh, Fei Ying Chong, which is why, you know, he, she's quite uh, keen on breaking them apart, right? I, so... I think so. I think that's what's going on there. <laughs> yeah, that, was, yeah. that was set in the beginning. That she was definitely in love with him, but she, but he had really no interest in her. I, I have to say, like, Fei Ying Chong had, he was a bit I guess um, his, his character was a bit dense. Um, you know, he he wasn't the he wasn't the. I mean, just just in the in the scene where he's sort of introducing himself and fighting against the three uh, martial artists. Uh, you know, he, hmm. he 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 could have phrased things better. He could have you know used words and <laughs> no, he starts fighting them because my name is Ch- I am Challenger or something. Or <laughs> I think um, I think too with him. You know, they, they, they say that his whole character, the reason he's called the Challenger is because he's good at all these different skills. He's good at chess. He's good at poetry. He's good at all these things. So I'm wondering yeah. if he's one of these types of people that's so focused on amassing all these different skill sets that he's maybe <laughs> not so great when it comes to, you know, social interaction and, um, and, yeah. and reading people. Because he definitely, like more on, on multiple occasions throughout the movie, he completely he, he is just either oblivious to something really important going on or he seems to misread a situation or a person um so yeah so i think i think i think his character is a little bit dense in that respect uh, i think He's you're right completely oblivious to all the women around him that's for sure yeah yeah he has he has no yeah he he, he basically has to be guided into marrying susu um, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's, and, it, and, it, and it's, and it's very unusual the way it's done. Cause he's just kind of like, Oh, okay. You know, like it's, <laughs> but, uh, but, but I did like the Lily Lee character and, and just how, you know, um, uh, how, how hostile she was to the, to, to Susu in that moment when, um, when, like you say that the, the brother and the, and, and Susu are having, having a talk and, and she overhears uh susu say oh i was the one that poisoned you and she like right away goes to um go to goes to fanging so and um uh and basically she says i know who did it and you have to promise like to kill them and not forgive them no matter who it is (laughs) (laughs) of course he wanted that man and she wanted him all to himself he just wanted him so bad and I actually think that's um, taken from the later parts of Heavenly Sword and Dragon Saber as well, where the the, the, um, the main character has to choose between like the the princess of the of the invaders or or um, you know the the girl that he grew up with, and the, you know it's like you have to choose her or me type of thing. Yeah, she was the one who poisoned your cousin or whatever it was. And, I, no, I think you you're know. right. I think I think you're right. That 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 because he was mashing a lot of these things together, um, and I think. Uh... I think that's probably what he was trying to do with it. Um, Spider as well, actually. I think now that, you, now that we're talking about that, there was a character in Heavenly Sword Dragon Saber who uh, trained the poison kung fu by using like a re, um, the technique was something like a thousand spider, um, ten thousand venom finger. Mm-hmm. Like she had to get let her finger be bitten by a spider every day to try and like get the toxic uh, get the venom into her body she, so she could use. She was the one uh, that was kind of mean to Wuji, right? Was that yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I think that's because because I, I think one of the reasons why Chiu Yuan movies are sometimes confusing is he's cramming a whole wuxia novel into an hour and thirty minutes, and that's like a lot of material to really condense and edit into that space. And I think this is an example of him rather elegantly taking, you know, different elements and creating a story that's very very workable within the time frame. 
that uh, you know that they have. Um, and so, so it's it's interesting to think about. I'm sure there's probably a lot of other uh, bits and pieces that that come from other places. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's that. I I I think I think you're right about the about the the sort of the the love triangle. I think that's where the, that comes from. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, this movie was definitely better put together and understandable for me. I've watched several of his movies before. And like I said before, I was totally confused and completely lost. And I didn't understand what was going on, especially in, um, uh, what was it? Well, I've seen Heaven Sword, Dragon Saber. I've seen it twice and I'm still confused. Yeah, he, he actually did do a version of Heaven Sword, Dragon Saber as well. Maybe we should do that one next. But um, and but, yeah, he somehow but, managed to make a better condensed version than the actual proper story. <laughs> well, yes. I think again, I think when you're trying to do the full story, the limits that that imposes. But but with Chiu Yuan, what I usually Chiu Yuan's one of my favorite directors. But I also realize he's like one of the most challenging directors to watch for that reason because you he, he a lot of the movies have an uncountable number of characters that are all equally important and they're introduced very quickly. And, and the, and, and like I said, the plot turns can happen like that and you miss them. If you, if you miss one little line of dialogue, you missed everything. Um, what I usually say to people is just, just watch the movie and don't worry about following it. And, uh, you know, when you watch it the second or third time, that's when you start to make sense of the plot with the Cho Yuan movie. Um, and even then, you might have to do some research just to to put some of the pieces together uh, if it's particularly <laughs> difficult. But but I think his movies look gorgeous. That's why they look gorgeous and they usually sound gorgeous. Um, and uh, and I, I would say he's probably one of my favorite directors, probably my favorite Wuxia director. Um, but he's definitely uh, he definitely does do that. But this is again, this is one of the things that's great about this movie is this one is just not confusing at all. Uh, it's, it doesn't have any of the stuff that people usually complain about with Cho Yuan. Um, and so I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, an, you know, it's, it's a, it's a really, and, and there are a couple of other movies like that too. Um, you know, there's, a uh, you know, a few movies that he's done that are, um, uh, you know, they're pretty straightforward in that respect. Um, I think the, uh, the one that leaps to mind is a very early one called Duel for Gold that was, uh. You know, pretty straightforward plot, and almost has almost has kind of a Quentin Tarantino, uh, uh, you know, sort of uh, character dynamic going on. But uh, but yeah, so I don't know. But we've been going on for forty five minutes, so we should probably end it soon. But did anybody else have any other thoughts on this one before we before we depart? Um, well, this is my first Korean. Uh, movie so I, I i enjoyed it but from the sounds of it i might be a bit spoiled now because i'm going to be expecting coherent <laughs> plots uh, if we watch any more <laughs> we'll, we'll have to do killer clans and see how you yeah. huh i said no <laughs> not not a fan of killer clans <laughs> that's another one that confused me and clan of intrigues also confused C- clan me. of intrigues is very confusing. see killer clans is is possibly it's for me. It's always a toss up between whether that or Hero Shed No Tears is my favorite Chuyuan movie, um, but Killer Clans is one of the most confusing ones. I think uh, it's. Uh, I know the first time I saw it, I was just like, okay, I guess I don't need to know who that person is for right now. And uh, you know, it, it took a while for me to really understand what was going on. But um, yeah, I can I can put uh, plot logic on hold if I'm enjoying the style of a movie. I can I can kind of let go of the well, fact I have no idea what's happening. Well, I, I'm not. I don't want to force Lady Chow. Uh, Chow oh no, I'm that. not not trying to push. I just say I'm just talking for. Personally, that's all. Um, <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to force her to watch. I would watch it again just so I could see if I could figure it out this time. <laughs> okay, so well, maybe we'll do it then. It's a very intense movie. I will say that up front. So if we, it's a very intense Cho Yuan movie. Um, huh. But uh, yeah, I, I, I would not object at all to doing Killer Clans. Um, and uh, and yeah, so I don't know. Any any other thoughts before we go? I think I've said all I have to say. 
I wish I had started with this um, <laughs> short UN movie first. Maybe I wouldn't have been so put off and confused. But I enjoyed this movie. It was a really good movie. Yeah, I, I would say I would definitely recommend like for a first Choi Yuen movie, I would say this, uh, uh, Duel for Gold, or maybe Heroes Shed No Tears, just because I think that one's got a lot of emotional weight to it. It's still maybe a little confusing, but but I think it's easier to follow. And um, and yeah, so so again, uh, anybody that might want to check this out, it's up on Prime. It's called Web of Death. It's filmed by it's a sorry, it's directed by Choi Yuen. And it's a it's a really really great movie. It was made in '76, so it's you know it's going to have a '76 look and everything. And it is dubbed on Amazon Prime. I I actually have the the Blu-ray version, and I I highly recommend that one. But I might say if you have Prime, watch it on Prime first. If you like it, then maybe buy it on Blu-ray if if you really want to. Um, so yeah, so we'll be back on uh, hopefully later in the week and and again uh, next week talking about more Wuxia movies. I think me and Adam are going to continue our Torchwood discussions this yes, week. Yes, we well. will. So um, so okay, so we'll uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye.